Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Learning about you and talking about the history, but we'll actually like reveal something, which is always fun. Right, right. Something interesting, not just me. I yeah. got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, I... by all means. By all means. You don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> I swear, every game designer's Cody has the coolest backstory ever, right? Yeah, yeah. Like. Cody's Cody's backstory is like if I was making my character in a TRPG called Life and I wanted to be a game designer profession, yeah, yeah. I'd be like, well, my dad was a game designer and exactly, exactly. But you'd be right, so, right. but no, I have I have a, I have a very standard like I played a lot of games as a kid and I really liked it background. Nice. You've, you've probably interviewed other game designers, so you've, you've heard this. Million oh, no, variations on, on one thing. But yeah. Fair. No, but it's, it, you'd be surprised. You know, people are interested. Like Jay Gray was kind of saying the same thing in uh, his episode. But it's like you know, people are interested uh, to learn about you guys. You know, it's fun. Hey, hey, here we are. We're recording. So what's up, everybody? This Hello. is uh, Cyberpunk Uncensored, and this episode is all about my buddy James Hutt. Works for Our Talstorian Games. You might know him as the mayor of balance town so what's up man how you doing i'm doing great uh thanks for having me on again uh oh, yeah. happy to be here yeah no i'm glad to have you on and actually talk about you i know we were just joking about that during the little intro stuff uh people might have heard some of that chatter but uh but yeah it's like every time you and like i had jay on a previous episode anytime you guys do you know panels or interviews or shows or anything obviously you guys are always talking about you know, Witcher or Cyberpunk or, or, you know, any of these things that you guys are doing. And I understand, you know, it's your job and that's what you guys are, are out to promote and hype. But this episode, in this case, we're going to talk about you, like just more on like a personal level. I think it'd be kind of fun to learn a little bit, you know, but, um, and then, sounds and, good. Let's do yeah. It, and anybody tuned in, there's also going to be an episode of, uh, the Game Master Tips where James is going to go over his process of campaign building. So make sure you check that out too. But yeah, for now, why don't you just, uh, you know, I'll just pass the mic to you. Give me, uh, you know, a whole thing on uh, on you, you know, where you started with role-playing games up till current times, you know, just walk me through everything James Hutt. Give me the crash course here. All right. All right. Here's the, here, here's what I've prepared. We can, we can do the shorter version and then you can drill into whatever part you find most interesting. Sure. Uh, so I, the sort of first gaming experience that I do um, is uh, I'm living in California. I'm in elementary school, hanging out with my best buddy, Alex. Uh, and he has an N64 because his house is cool. <laughs> uh, and that's basically the first place I got to play games. And that was, that was the best. And it was a great environment. You know, my best friend playing N64. It's back in the day, beautiful childhood memories. Uh a couple years ago on I what got was your, Game what, Boy Advance. What was your favorite games back then? Like when you first got got that, like going to your buddy's house, what was the first like um, it it was um it was Mario Party two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the second one, you got to dress up in the outfits. It was the best. <laughs> um, anyone who's played it would know the 
will know this is truth. Nice. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I get my first Game Boy Advance, and that's like my first system. I played to death, of course. Run through a bunch of batteries. Um, and it isn't really until middle school that I actually get to play a tabletop role-playing game. But I think that's pretty standard. Oh, yeah. Not a lot of people are playing tabletop role-playing games in elementary. Right. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I do remember the first thing I ever ran, though. Uh, back then, was it, uh, uh, it was fi- a uh, Fish, Fisher Price, my first dungeon master, or <laughs> no, it was a 3.5 Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, okay. Uh, we had uh, I I had made a wizard's tower and I uh, filled it with owl bears uh, that had gone crazy from a wizard's experiment, and they had a like an obsidian gem thing in them, uh, and uh, the wizard had died in the process of the experiment, so his body was on the top of the tower. Um, but nice. But these Albert straight vertical dungeon crawl with only owl bears, um, which could get you know competitive. Um. Anyway, it was great. <laughs> I had a ton of fun, and uh, that that's uh, we played a couple of other games, and then we all decided to play RuneScape for a long time, and I didn't get to play until high school uh, again. <laughs> but when you first got started, uh, even even when you were doing. You know, originally you're, the first time you started playing in middle school or whatever, you you were already diving into running a game. You didn't play. You dove into being a dungeon master. Well, we didn't have like a. Um, it was a necessity thing at that point uh, because we didn't have like an older brother who wanted to DM for us, right? And we were all you know in the same grade uh, in Ohio, uh, so uh, you know, uh, one guy really wanted to play a fighter, and the other guy. Uh, to play a rogue so i'm like okay I'll, i guess i'll gm yeah <laughs> um and i had a great time you know i i've gotten some chances to be a player character uh but uh not that many to be honest um it's a nice change of pace but uh i really do like being a dm you can probably tell that uh yeah. but then you said you so you played any, again when anyway, you got into high school yeah, yeah. In high school, I actually uh, I was really into the um, like uh, fantasy um, books, uh, and uh, I wanted to play D and D again uh, in three point five again. Um, so I had to start a D. So I started a D and D club actually. Oh, awesome! And uh, we were for it was a boarding school, so um, you weren't allowed to stay up past a certain time. Um, but we managed to get a special dispensation. Uh, to be able to stay up past a certain time. So it was the only club we were allowed to stay up after dark. It was great. Um, part awesome. of the reason was that because we were playing with the physics teacher, uh, which is the nerdiest thing that you could possibly do is play Dungeons and Dragons with the physics teacher. <laughs> um, but that was great. That was unadulterated joy. I played a cleric uh, of Pelor 3.5, cast Scorching Ray. Nice. Um, didn't, get to, didn't get to GM uh that much that time but that's one of my favorite player characters i've played is that one of your what's your all-time favorite uh you know race and class or whatever what's your favorite um in D and I, I really liked uh well in three five half elves were really really good mm-hmm. really good so i was a teenager and you know i i wanted to play the power class yeah and cast scorching ray <laughs> Uh, so basically, I played half house. 
I like to play human variants now because I'm still a power gamer. Um, and human variants get a feat at uh, at one, which is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Turns out, great weapon fighting is a hell of a drug. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, yeah. So that's basically high school for me. Um, that club's still around. I, I'm oh really happy to announce. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, the physics teacher runs it now, so uh, can't wait to can't wait to send them some books. Yeah, soon. that's really cool. So he's we get them playing some cyberpunk. Yeah, yeah. Um, he, he's, so he's still there teaching then, and now he's running the club. Yeah, that's really cool. Perks <laughs> uh, of having a teacher buy-in. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, I go to this is uh, this is, I'm getting into college now. I go to Kenyon College. Um, or a, a BA in economics, um, and there I start a anime club because I like anime, uh, <laughs> and uh, we play. I play a lot of TRPGs uh, in this one. Uh, this is the first time I play things that aren't Dungeons and Dragons, uh, but it's relegated to like uh, one session, cool uh, little one page ones. Uh, with the TRPG club on campus. Um, and then, uh, you know, a, a baton game where you pass the who gets to be the dungeon master mm-hmm. in 5th uh, edition at this point. Oh, okay. Um, but so it wasn't, until co- it wasn't until college until you started, you know, playing games other than D&D style or whatever, right? Yeah, in, in, in so much as TRPG. Actually, I play a lot of board games. Uh whole lot of board games but typically that's it's harder to get a game together for a trpg so i end up reading a lot of trpgs that i want to play and not getting to play them yeah unless they're like mechanical oryx it's only one page half the people are drunk anyways let's get them to play mechanical oryx um (laughs) anyway um i actually end up at this point uh reading a lot of uh artal books but not getting to play them uh Hmm. Which is a shame. Uh, and basically all I did in, uh, in this was my first experience with Artel stuff in college, uh, is uh, building uh, Mecca for Mechton and not getting to run it. And yeah. also uh, just doing character creation for Cyberpunk. That was my favorite thing. Oh, yeah. Like, I have this much budget. Uh, I'm not going to use any of the life path stuff. What crazy stuff can I come up with? Um, so, uh, I'd say directly that got into uh, the current edition of Cyberpunk. I wanted to make character creation as fun as I, as much fun as I had when I did it in college. Yeah, but that's awesome that that you know you were excited about that too. I, I was as well, and that's one of the more fun parts I think of like Cyberpunk is all that character creation stuff, the depth in the life path, all that great stuff. But it sucks that you didn't get to play back then. But you still you know created characters and you know, got into it, but it, but it sucks. You didn't get to play yet. So how did, where did you go from there? How did, uh, that end up? Uh, are you talking about after college? I, yeah. I'm done with the college section. There's nothing else. There's nothing else there. It's just me trying to get an economics degree. And, uh, yeah, that's boring. We don't want to succeeding. Talk yeah, yeah, yeah. It worked out. Well, I guess well maybe. Thank you for asking. A lot of that, yeah, a lot of that. Uh, uh, actually, actually, this is this is a great. This is the beginning of the part of uh, I 
I think I want to play, you know, make games, right? Um, but I'm not sure it's a viable profession at this point because that's kind of like, I, I, I put it akin to like, uh, I really want to be an astronaut, but, <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's like you can, it's much easier to say, I'm going to be a fireman because everybody needs firemen. There's a track that you can follow to get there. Um, I, at this point, I was I was just looking anywhere to uh, to is this a thing I can do? Is there a middle road I can take? That's part of the reason I got an economics degree so that I could study game theory and uh, get statistical modeling training, um, and uh, also uh, end up with a maybe a backup plan in case I couldn't be an astronaut. Right. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, and I imagine a, right, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of that uh, economic stuff and working with numbers and all that, like you said, gives you the knowledge of working with numbers and all that crunch. So I, you know, I imagine that helped you with becoming the mayor of Balancetown. Oh, yeah, uh, for, <laughs> for sure. Uh, I know at least in uh, as far as Cyberpunk Red is concerned, I built an entire economy in the game. Uh, so if you play a day-to-day -day campaign where you map out, okay, on Tuesday I do this, on Wednesday I do this, uh, you will end up uh, like having to pay rent at the end of the month, and you'll end up being able to save a certain amount of money. Uh, on average, you might get lucky, you might not, because you're sort of, um, if you're not directly doing a job, which is how you make the real cash, uh, you're uh, spending your downtime to um, get a little bit of money based on your level and the highest role you have. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of like, I, so I basically I modeled out the gig economy um, in game. Oh, yeah. So that'll be fun. Once, once, once you guys get your hands on the book, yeah, yeah. see uh, if you can uh, remain in your studio apartment or not have to downsize into a uh, cube hotel. Yeah. No, I uh, love without I doing a job that month. Yeah, I love how how you did that, you know, with the job and the hustle and side things like it just how it's laid out. It's just so realistic and it just puts some depth to what previously was just considered downtime. You know what I mean? It's really cool. Yeah, um thanks. But where did you uh, uh, but I... back to back to, you know, you graduated college, that went well, the economics stuff, all that, but then after that, you know, uh well, I I graduated college in the middle of a recession uh that part didn't go well <laughs> uh around 2016 uh, um so i went indie um after being depressed for a little bit uh and uh being indie made me not depressed which was a great change of pace from being depressed um and uh, i started working on a zine with one of my friends uh named uh, eugene fasano uh, he runs up Arcana Games. Check them out. They're great. Um, and uh, we, our zine was called Visions of the Vault. It was a uh, a fifth edition uh, zine. You get some magic items every month. Okay. And what we did was we would put a lot of effort and uh, actual real game design into testing these five items in the book each month. That's really um, cool. Then we moved into some adventure content, uh, and we got in Dragon Magazine, um, oh, wow. which was, which is sort of uh, we we're just trying to build our portfolio, you know, get something under our belt so we can go get work, um, and that ended up working out. 
Um, it was, uh, so other than that, I was doing some freelance game design. I worked with some people, uh, I can't talk about some of them, but, uh, one of those people that I worked with in freelance, uh, was, uh, Artelsorian games. And, uh, they were a, one of my favorite clients and I'm very happy it worked out. Um, but that's sort of the first time that happens. That's awesome. Interestingly enough, uh, during this time, that's just the TRPG side of it. I'm trying to fire on all cylinders. I'm trying to work. You know, I'm trying to move out of my parents' house mm -hmm. at this point. Um, so I also do some work in video games. Um, I started a company called Triangulate. Mm -hmm. um, got together a bunch of people who were in the same situation that I was. Um, trying to make their first game out of college. They have a background, you know, um, young upstarts, if you will. Yeah. Uh, got them together under a, under a banner, and we put out an indie game called Triangulate. Uh, it didn't do so well, but it had a big heart. Uh, and uh, I also put out another game called Tiny Bubbles, which did a lot better and still has a big heart. Nice. Um, I did that with my, uh, with my neighbor, uh, Stu Denman at Pine Street Codeworks. Just go check out Tiny Bubbles. It's on all phones. Um, I think it's free on Android. It's a little bit on iOS, but it doesn't do in-app purchases or anything like that. Very ethical. Nice. Um, anyway, um, that was fun. Those were like more puzzle, exp analytical puzzle experiences. And uh, I did put out a board game version of Triangulate, uh, which is distribution is basically only the seattle area as far as i could take it in my car and sell it in physical to a game store um one of those game stores is where i met uh mike pondsmith uh, uh so uh i this is the uh this is the version where i i part where i say hey, you need to be focused on networking at all times um to all people and you need to network with people who have the job you want um, and, uh, there's a serendipity that arrives when you do that. And I'm glad it was there for me at the time that it was. Um, anyway, uh, so about after all those games I just mentioned, um, I managed to convince Artel Soren Games to hire me on full time. Uh, which is exciting because, uh, now we're at the part where, uh, I can remember in the front part of my brain and not the back part of my brain. Yeah. Um, I uh, work on uh, Cyberpunk Red Jumpstart and uh, Witcher's Journal. They're out right now. And uh, I've done work on um, Book of Tales, Tome of Chaos, and Black Chrome, which are coming up. Hell yeah, I'm excited about that. Anyway, that's my... Uh, so that's the short version. It probably took longer than I expected, but that's that's me. Yeah, what was the, you said, uh, but you said you had a first gig, you know, that first got you in with our Talsorian. That was separate than the first time you met Mike. You So you had a separate job that you were hired for or something? Did you, I thought you said that? The first time, the first time I met Mike, I was, uh, so I was intro to him uh, while I was trying to uh, hawk copies of my Triangulate board game. Oh, okay. Uh, it was in a game store. Anyway, and that was it. And then, and then after meeting him, then you got your first uh, gig with them. 
It was after that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. I uh, I, I met with him the first time. Um, second time, I you know, he said keep in touch. I uh, followed up. Uh, I I knew that you know it's a massive deal. You can Google the guy very easily. Yeah. Uh, and uh, right, right. So the second time, I uh, I say, hey, I have some more questions I'd love to ask you. And to that one, I bring a prototype. And like, hey, look at this interesting thing. I have skills. Very flagrant. Uh, attempting to get work procedure. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, but, but funny enough, it wasn't wasn't the first time I had had such a meeting. Uh, the first time I had attempted to do that uh, was with Ed Freeze, um, who uh, basically is the reason we have an Xbox. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> Microsoft, and I uh, completely screwed up that coffee. Mm. Um, but in doing that, I learned how not to do it the second time, <laughs> and uh, hence I am here. Yeah, yeah. What did you mess up on the first one? What went wrong? You just—I was just—I just tried to pitch someone who didn't want to be pitched. Uh, that's not a—that's not a conducive environment to getting what you want. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> most definitely. Yeah, because then, then it turns from a pitch anyway, to an annoyance. But he's a great. You know. But he's a great guy. Nice. Now, what? How? Totally. Yeah. Awesome then, guy. Now, with working with uh, Artal Sorian now for everything you've contributed, when did the the whole mayor of Balance Town? nickname come into play that that they always refer to you as i uh so it was actually uh during uh cp red jumpstart uh there are basically two spaces in the office um we're in a big factory style space uh i think it's a converted uh radiation testing place it's it's scrub everything is fine yeah. um, but this is actually where they used to have the radioactive stuff Wow. I'm talking to you right now. Kind of our own hot zone. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, but there's a there's like an overseer's office thing, uh, closed in area, a bunch of computers and stuff. And I tend to be more creative when it's very quiet and I can't hear anybody. I have ADHD, so I get distracted easily. I like to just be in an isolation box when I work. Uh, and there's this great break room area so i would take all of my design work over to the break room area and do it there instead uh, and uh, that became known as balance town when i had because i i work very physically i like making paper models of designs and uh, testing things on the table right after i make them to see if they're fun so they're not fun you have to throw them away fortunately we can't make things that aren't fun kind of a rule oh yeah um so uh, I was back to here uh, with all of my, you know, with my computer and all my notes uh, and this little scale model of a town. And that's where it came up. Nice. <laughs> well, I'm glad that that came about that way because I love all the rules uh, that you've come up with and just the streamline that Red is like, you know, I wish we could talk more detail about it now. But, you know, it's coming out soon. Everyone will get to see all the details and then they'll see exactly how streamlined and awesome and detailed it is. And it's, that's great. Um, so yeah, what, what's plans for the future? You said that, uh, the current thing I guess you're working on is Chrome black. Is that, uh, what, what are, what are some of the future things that you, you got working on? Uh, so, uh, I can't really say much about future projects. 
Uh, but uh, right now we're working on uh, Book of Tales uh, is, uh, is in the works. I did a lot of writing on Book of Tales. That's our adventure, upcoming adventure book oh, for awesome. the Witcher TRPG. Um, I wrote, uh, I wrote uh, four adventures for the book, and I, uh, I helped the uh, two awesome authors uh, that are working with us for the other two. Very cool. Um, anyway, um, and uh, Tome of Chaos is we're working on it, getting to do awesome magic stuff, and uh, there's also Black Chrome, uh, which is coming along. Nice. Uh, anyway, I can't can't really say much. About no, I know, I understand. Stuff. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I, Any of those don't even have release dates, so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally understand. And I just wanted to at least give it a mention, you know. Um, but one thing we can at least talk about, and I'd love you to just chat about that for a minute, is the rollability media. Um, the media's yeah, rollability. Yeah, I did, I did bring, I did bring something to to show y'all. Uh, you know, come with some red meat uh, <laughs> for the party. Uh, so the media rollability, uh, I wanted to go over it more in depth because it's. Uh, one of those simplified designs, I think, is uh, very uh, synonymous with the, the idea of where this edition is going. We've got uh, the media rollability is called credibility. So basically, the difference between a media and the other characters, if they write something, they can convince people that it's accurate, that it's true. Uh, a solo can put out a, uh, you know, a, a newspaper article, but you know, it might not be credible. So there are two sides to this. Uh, the first one is uh, rumor. And uh, the second one is sort of publishing. And they sort of mesh. Um, I'm going to start with rumor uh, because it's how the media starts gathering info for their story. So how rumors work is you get a passive rumor generation, essentially. Uh, as long as you're like not in the middle of nowhere in a cave, um, you pick up on stuff just from your network. I think uh, once or twice a week, uh, the GM uh, makes a secret roll, and that's once or twice a week of in-game time. Mm -hmm. uh, and depending on how high they roll... Um, and that number is modified by your rank. Uh, of course, being a media, you'll get a rumor that's anywhere from vague to very detailed, depending on how high they are. Mm -hmm. Higher you get, uh, the more sort of work is done for you. Like, oh, there's a person placing a thing at a certain time. Um, instead of a vague rumor, like something is happening at the docks. So rumors, um, by definition, are often untrue uh, and, as a rule, are never the full story. Finding that is your job yeah, yeah. Uh, as, a, as, as a media. It, you don't just, you know, get a fully formed story from a rumor and you don't really report on a rumor. Um, so what you get to progress that rumor into something that can uh, have an effect is um, 
you have to do an investigation of some sort. You have to accrue uh, evidence and data. Mm-hmm. And this segues nicely into the publishing part. So, uh, publishing um, is based on a D10 role and your believability after you publish uh, to see if it hits, you know, if people think it's real. Because you can do all this work, and this often happens, you can do all this work, and it just, nobody cares that Arasaka killed 12 people at the docks. They do that all the time. It's right. not a, you know, it's not a scoop. Um, companies being bad are just companies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, believe, uh, sort of, when your believability, when your belief, essentially when your rollability uh is effective um is uh that's when they um they say oh arasaka killed a bunch of people at the docks somebody should do something about it uh, bridging that gap is the difference in your skill as like a level four uh, media and like a level eight media each one gives you 10 percent more believability so it's a real jump from ranks. Um, you also get access to different levels of people who will take an interview with you. Um, including at higher levels like corporate presidents and CEOs and stuff. So um, there's a, but there's something you can do because like what you gather on them matters. Uh, and there are two factors to that. The first one is, I'm going to read from the rules text. Uh, if your story uh, contains even a single piece of verifiable evidence that's easily understood by the masses. So the first one is, do you have one piece of evidence that's easily understood by the masses? And the second one is, um, if you have four distinct verifiable uh, pieces of hard evidence. So like, pictures yeah video um i have him on tape saying he did it yeah uh, then you get a 20 percent boost you get a 10 percent boost for having one easily understood um by the masses thing like i have him on tape saying he killed him i wanted to do it this way because it sort of gets there on the idea that like it's a story uh, and uh, whether or not you believe it is if it presents itself to be true. Uh, yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. If you have a tape. Uh, but cyberpunk is the type of place where even if you have four pieces of verifiable evidence, like you've got everything, and you have them on tape, that still makes you only 30% or likely to have an actually believable story right. than if you did it without any of them. Anyway. Uh, so, impact is the last bit. And that's, at your credibility rank, people believe you enough so that when you present all this evidence, what can happen? Um, ranks one and two are only really for people who are multi-classing in. Um, because uh, at you start at rank four mm-hmm. in character generation in any role in Cyberpunk Red. 
Um, so at your rank four, uh, the impact that you can have in Max is uh, it is a direct effect, and local and small time bad guys can get arrested or thrown out of power, and justice can get served. Uh, so you can't even get like somebody arrested until rank three of credibility. Uh, you can only make small incremental changes before that. So, of course, at higher levels, you can just set somebody's stock price on fire. Um, but I like to think of this as simultaneously one of the least sexy um, role abilities and <laughs> also the most sexy role ability. Because <laughs> your role ability is essentially winning the war. <laughs> Not winning the battle. Right, right. That's true. Uh, and does that mean that you only get to roll, you actually use your roll ability at the beginning of a mission and then maybe a little bit in the middle and then finally at the end in a large, big way? Yes. Will the solo get to do it the entire game as long as he's shooting somebody or she? Right. Um, yeah. Um, but I think the type of people that want to play a media are are attracted to the idea that they're they will have a direct impact on a greater narrative, mm-hmm. um, like people who want to play the rock bowl. No, definitely. I think, like you said, people that are getting into the media role they know what they like out of that type of role playing. You know what I mean? So they're not expecting to be shooting up the whole time like a solo you know they they kind of know their place and like you said they like to have that i i I agree i think that bigger impact on like the world you know the the world building side of lore and stuff because it is that like you said winning the war not just the battle it's that big story and i do like um how you incorporated the you know pieces of evidence and believable uh uh story of evidence or point to be made to give you at least that 30% 30% increase because it does make sense. You know, even if you are a, a lower level media or reporter and less people believe you, you're less viable to get the hookups to do things, but you do have some of that hard evidence. It should increase the chances of that getting out. But, um, but no matter what your impact is gauged by how, you know, big of a media you are, you know, and I think that's great. I, I think that's really cool. The details that you put into it when it comes to, you know, the role abilities and how you set, these up in all of them um were any of them more of a challenge than others and you know in trying to maintain balance and figure it figure out how to make it work i think nomad nomad's is the hardest one to write really there's a lot going on in nomad i i won't reveal it now but yeah. uh yeah it's got a lot of moving parts and uh, it's very modular, and there's a lot of different experiences um, that we had to account for the whole time because uh, different people are going to want to build different awesome vehicles. Right, right. Uh, and that that required a whole separate system. Oh, that's true. And of course, I'm assuming you meant everything but Netrunner. Right. Um, because Netrunner would be the obvious answer of yeah, this yeah. is the most complicated role. Um, and uh, balancing that one is, is making a whole new system in itself. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Net running wasn't even considered in the conversation because I do understand that's not just the rollability and, you know, making that bounce, but that was like a complete rebuild on the whole system and way that it can work for a net runner to even work to begin with. And tech, tech was also, tech is also very impactful to the rules. Tech was, tech was going to be my choice. I I was wondering. Basically, Basically all of the items were built with tech in mind. Um, so we can, I, one of my go-to thoughts is what is the tech going to do to improve this? Um, how does this impact the tech? What is the tech going to want to do? And a, a sign of a good item is one where there are multiple different things the tech might want to do to it. Because that means that the players are going to engage with the world in different ways and build their own experience, have their own stories, you know the rest. Anyway, I wanted to get to one more thing about medias. Uh, my recommended reading or if you want to play a media, you want to be a hard-hitting investigative journalist. You got to read the comic book Transmetro- Ugh. Uh, Transmetropolitan. Transmetropolitan. Uh, to check out uh, the Gonzo journalist in a cyberpunk setting. My favorite Gonzo journalist from a cyberpunk setting, uh, Spider Jerusalem. Okay. That's a good story. Hundred issues of a comic. Beginning, middle, and end, magnum opus. That's all I'm saying. Nice. Anyway, uh, yeah, that's that's all I got on media. Awesome. Uh, no, and I, I appreciate you sharing it. I know uh, leading up to Red, like, you know, how it's been not being able to talk about certain things and then trying to reveal enough to, you know, keep Buzz going and, and reward people for hanging out and waiting, you know. Um, but I, I really appreciate it. And I know everybody uh, tuning in appreciates it, too. That's really cool. Well, I'm definitely excited to hear uh, what everybody publishes as a media uh, when when the book comes out. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Put it on the Reddit. Read it. I read everything on the Reddit. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, So yeah, I think uh, you know we had a great episode where we actually got to dive in to you know everything James Hutt instead of just everything Artel Sorian. You know, we got to learn a little bit about you and your background, which was cool. Uh, some things I didn't know about yet, and that's awesome. Um, before we kind of cut this off, I wanted to say, like, you know, you you on a personal level, and I know we're go- we're going to go do the Game Master Tips episode and at least chat a little bit about your campaign building, but when it comes to playing, uh, you know, we talked about the whole half-elf thing, but when it comes to cyberpunk, what's your favorite all-time role in cyberpunk? Ooh, that's hard. Uh I have to say I, I've built a lot of uh, a lot of solos, to be honest, uh, back in college for 2020. Um, but uh, I've also built a fair number of uh, of rocker boys. I think they're really fun. Um, I think it's a three way tie with a uh, solo uh, rocker boy, and of course the media. That's why I wanted to reveal it here. Nice. Yeah, that's surprising. That's awesome. Um, all right, cool. I don't really have any more questions. I think I know enough about you. I'm I'm done talking about you. Uh, let's get over to the Game Master Tips episode and, and talk about that. But no, you well, know, I'll see you in that episode. Yeah, yeah. Whenever we, whenever <laughs> we, you know, film that. Yeah, but in all seriousness, you know, thanks for joining me. I really appreciate it. Everybody tuning in, make sure you like and share thanks the video. Check out our Talsorian and everything they have going on. Obviously, we're hyping up to the big red release. And then after that will be the video game. So everything's exciting.
But um, but yeah, everybody tune into the Game Master Tips episode. We're heading there right now. Thanks so much.